1: When you come, screens fight on, and you think, have we won? That's Dammamore. With the press, dressed the best, better than all the rest, that's Dammamore!
0: joins us right now from the Hartford Current. Also, you see him on the uh, the My Nine talking some new york baseball as well and dom how are you sir how was the uh, press conference today with dan hurley
2: uh, well you know i think you know dan was uh, I, I i hesitate to say he was happy to see us but he really was you know he uh, he was happy to be doing something in person and and we all were too it's just so nice to be able to do these things without the zoom thing you know, that was really getting old so it was it was great just for that and uh, you know and he was very engaging and and very uh, candid about what uh, he expects from players that uh, are coming in for the summer. So it's a, it was a good session. A nice day.
1: We also heard there are some kids on campus making official visits. One of those kids, the uh, seven foot one kid from Bristol central Donovan Klingen. Yeah. What can you tell us about this kid? And uh, what's the chances of him being a UConn Husky?
2: Well, you know, I, I think you know, UConn has been on him very early and, and, and they've stayed on him and he's been on campus quite a bit. He's, I believe he was at first night, the last time they had it, and and some games, Donovan Clinton, of course, we're talking about, and one of the best players in Connecticut, one of the best players uh, in Connecticut for quite some time, I would say. Uh, So, you know, UConn is obviously very much on him, but so are a lot of other schools. He has a lot of options, and, you know, if you put yourself in his shoes, he should explore everything, you know? He should explore, uh, you know, it's not everyone that's got a Syracuse and a Michigan and some of the other schools that are, that are after him. So I'm sure he's going to explore all of his options. But, uh, you know, I think UConn is, is going to certainly do everything they can to keep him in the state of Connecticut. And I think it would be a great thing for them if they could.
0: Dom, as far as the Yankees last night, uh, they lo- let one get away. I don't want to say really because uh, Aroldis Chapman doesn't usually have nights like last night. Um, what did you think of the situation, and, and what do you think about moving forward here? We're about third of the way through the season, more than a third uh, into the yeah. season. You already know what kind of team that you have as the New York Yankees. Um, what do you see them doing moving forward, especially near the trade deadline?
2: Well, you know, I think, uh, as you mentioned, Chapman's really had a good year, probably his best year since he's been with the Yankees. So, you know, you, you know, last night you just have to kind of write off. Uh, they have been hitting the ball better. Uh, Stanton is on fire again, so they've got, uh, you know, Stanton and Judge, who's probably the one consistent guy that they've had. Um, you know, I, they've had some ups and downs, a terrible start, a pretty good string, <clears throat> and then a terrible week last week. Um, and I think that's what you're going to see from them all year, Rob. They're going to have Good weeks and bad. They're they they have got some talented pieces, but uh, they're flawed. They have some flaws, and whether their talent can overcome some of those flaws would be the the key. I, I think you know if, what the Yankees are going to probably do uh, is try to double down on pitching. You know, you've got Garrett Cole, and of course now you know he can. He can win with or without uh, any kind of glue or anything like that. But, uh, you know, I think they're going to double down on pitching. If they're going to give up any of their top prospects, it's going to be for a big-time starter because I don't think you could count on Kluber coming back this year. I don't know if you could count on Tyone being any better than he's been. Uh, And you don't know what you're going to get when Severino comes back. And even if Severino does look good, I think a third real ace would be the one thing that could anchor them in the postseason and maybe overcome some of their in their offensive hot and cold streaks Do
1: you think there's a statistical category i should be keeping my eyes on in the next month to let me know wow eliminating spider tack really did a difference will be batting averages going up strikeouts going down what should we be paying attention to
2: i mean i guess strikeouts going down because i assume it's used as something to increase spin rate and 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 break on the ball and get swings and misses. Uh, but this is just another one of those things that um, you know, baseball is just kind of allowed to to become a bigger problem than it than it needed to be. Uh, you know, as 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 Gary Cole mentioned the other day, Ben, uh, John uh, or Ben, I'm sorry. as Gary Cole mentioned the other day, uh, this these are things that are passed down from one generation to the next. And that's very true. But the difference is today, that people's perception has changed about anything that could be characterized as cheating. You know, when Gaylord Perry was loading up the ball, he made a big carnival act out of it, and it sold tickets, and nobody really said anything. You know, he wasn't ever thrown out of a game until his last couple of months in the big leagues, and they used to check the ball every other time. But it was just, in those days, loading up the ball, corking the bat, uh, stealing signs. uh, It was kind of catch me if you can, and, And if you did get caught, it was more knock it off. But today there's a big outrage about any of these things. And I think players might be slow to appreciate that. But even though, yeah, a lot of of pitchers do it, it's been part of baseball for a long time, you just have to, you know, baseball's got to do a better job of enforcing the rules it has on the books, one of which being you can't put stuff on the ball. If you need a grip, you have rosin for that. You just can't be putting, you know, glue or or Pine Tar or any of these other things on the ball. So so baseball just has to do a better job of enforcing the rules that it has. And I also think and, and Rob could speak to this probably better than I, as usual, but you know, I think a lot of these things are more of a placebo effect than anything else. You know, ball players are incredibly superstitious and I think a lot of pitchers probably feel like they have to have something like this to, to do what they do. When in reality I have a hard time believing that A Garrett Cole or a Jake DeGrom or anybody who throws 100 miles an hour needs much in the way of of gimmicks. Rob, you certainly didn't.
0: No, and you know, but Norm Charlton was on yesterday. I don't know if you heard him, Dom, and he talked yeah. about this. There's there's some moments where it's cold and you want a better little better grip. There's yeah. I mean, honestly, whether it was Cincinnati, St. Louis, Kansas yeah. City, Atlanta, you would be sweating so profu- profusely and yeah. you will see guys take rosin and basically yeah. take a bath up up and down their arms yeah. in it. I mean, that yeah. that's just to keep yeah. the sweat from running down their thing. Pete Alonso said, "Hey, listen, I'd rather have them have a grip than anything." I've said this before. Yeah. I think marketing-wise MLB could come out with some kind of pitcher's grip. I know my pitchers that I work with would love it. They would be, like, fascinated by it and stuff. They would buy it in a second. They'd buy everything else, you know, the, the yeah. major leaguers use. So, I I mean, listen, there, there's ways to uh, make this a positive. But you brought up Jacob yeah. deGrom. He throws tonight against the San Diego Padres. I wanted to pick your brain. Historically, you know, you've covered this game for a long time. You've written about last hundred years of Major League yeah. Baseball. 1968, I was just going over right. the game logs of Bob Gibson. It was incredible. Uh There were four games he went more than nine innings in 68. One was 12, another was 11, another one was 11, another one was 10. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible um, what Gibson did. But to put it into perspective, whether it's Bob Gibson, 68, 69, 70, Pedro, 99, 2000, Jacob Mm deGrom's start to his career has been unbelievable. Um, Historically, what Jacob deGrom is doing, can you kind of give us a perspective from your standpoint, what he's doing?
2: Well, I think it's the best stretch of three or four years that I've seen in the time that I've been following baseball. You know, I've seen guys have one year. You know, I often talk about Ron Guidry in 1978 was about as good as I've ever seen for one year, but he didn't have three or four years like that. And, you know, we've seen, obviously, you know, um, you know Pedro ha- had some incredible seasons, uh, and some other pitchers have as well, Doc Gooden, uh, 85. That's right. But in, in terms of sustaining it, for three or four years like this, uh, I, I mean, I, I guess the only the only historical comparison you could make you know, would be Sandy Kofox, who uh, you know was different. He was in the majors at 18 as a bonus baby. He barely pitched at all for six years, Then all of a sudden they unleashed him, and he had six of the most incredible years uh, imaginable in a row. And then his arm was shot at, at age 30 because he had he had pitched so many innings. You know, the one the, the one thing with Degrom that you know, that, that, that it would be interesting to see him pitch in those earlier eras when you did ask a pitcher to throw 130, 140, 150 pitches. You did ask a pitcher to pitch complete games unless he got knocked out of the box. Or you did ask a pitcher to go into extra innings when it needed to, to happen. You know, I could remember Catfish Hunter uh, getting in a pitching duel and pitching 14 scoreless innings uh, in a game, you know, and then uh, before coming out. So it is uh, you know you don't have that element with Degrom where he's being asked to do what the Bob Gibson's and the Denny McClains and the Louis Tios who had incredible years in 1968. He's not asked to do those things. But within the context of the era in which he pitches and what pitchers are asked to do in 2021, he's dominated his his league as well as anybody I've ever seen for this period of time.
1: There's a big state game coming up. Well, all the state games are big. We're in the state championship mode here this weekend. But one in particular, a lot of people have been telling me about the East Catholic kid, uh, Frank Mazzucato, that that I saw ranked 51 in the last projection I saw for coming out MLB draft. That's about to happen here in about a month. Uh, This kid, uh, the competition he's facing in Connecticut, uh, where he's going to go, the options of college versus pros, like, where do you think his head is at after these next couple of weeks?
2: Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I think that, that 51 number might be a little bit mod- might be modest. He, he's rising and rising and rising very fast. And he's rising so fast, guys, that when the draft comes, you may see a team picking Take in a the chance. 20s. Yep. You know, in the 20s or the 30s that says, we've got to grab this kid because he won't be there when we pick again. So – uh, I would not be surprised if he ends up going in that compensation round or even in the in the first round proper. Uh, very impressive. Uh, you know, if you haven't seen him, Rob, you should get out and see him this weekend. Incredible command for a kid, a young kid who throws as hard as he does. Uh, and, you know, very, very good uh, finishing pitches. I mean, I saw him in one game in, in Bristol, but he was just, uh, and I'll be seeing him tomorrow as well, but, uh, very, very impressive. Probably the best that's come out of Connecticut in a while. And Connecticut's had some pretty good pitchers come out uh, come out here. So, I thought you were
0: going to you know, say best I, ever came out of Connecticut, Tom. No, no, we no, were no, fighting, no, buddy. No, no, no. I'm kidding. No. I'm totally kidding. No. No.
2: No. No. <laughs> so, look, look, look. Just look at all the guys who've come out of Southington, right? I mean, uh, you know, I, I was saying, you know, Sal Sal Romano's with the Yankees now in their minor league system, and
0: doing well. We got our fingers doing crossed, well. man. Doing yeah, well. and
2: I was thinking, you know, a, a right-hander from Southington joining the Yankees, what could possibly go wrong? I mean, that, that
0: <laughs> Like <seems> Provano? <laughs> <laughs> but,
2: uh, but no, but, but Mazzucato, very impressive. And, you know, I really don't think you're going to see him at UConn, even though he really wanted to go there right. and has his heart set on it, but he's just outgrown it. And he's reached a point where uh, this guy's going to get a seven-figure offer. And it's going to be awfully tough to, to turn that down and go to UConn. So I think Jimmy Penders is going to miss out on this kid, but he's going to miss out on for the right reasons because right. this kid's going to go to the minor leagues with, with a real, real chance to be on the fast track to the majors.
0: Well, and Ben brought up Riley Pint the other day, which breaks my heart. He's retired at 23, got a $4.8 mm-hmm. uh, signing bonus, but through 102 yeah. coming out of high school. And yeah. you've you got to take the money. You you know yeah. you don't know when what you don't know about your arm, um, and physically what you could do, and you might as well take those three years you'd be at UConn and go go pitch in the minor leagues. I mean, now they're yeah. shooting guys right up to the big leagues. It's totally different than my day, where you spent four or five years yeah. seasoning like some kind of chicken in the oven. I mean, it's yeah. it's di- it's different than what they're doing right yeah. now with trying to get these guys up as quick as possible. Right,
2: right. I mean, I mean, you you probably spent two three years. At levels that, they don't, that don't even exist anymore.
0: They don't. I don't sure. think extended right. spring exists yeah,
2: anymore. Exist anymore. <laughs> but no, the, the, the mistake a lot of kids make is they, they sign uh, with the pros for not enough money right. to bypass right. college. You know, when you go to the minor leagues, you know you have to live off that signing bonus. And if you sign for maybe three four $400,000, uh, that money could be gone in five years of minor league lifestyle. And then, you, if you don't make the major leagues, now now you don't have college, you don't have major leagues, and the money's gone. But so you do have to make sure you get enough money to make that decision work for you. But all indications are that you know Frank Mazzucato is going to get that kind of money.
0: What nights are you uh, are you on my nine? When we, when can we watch you on TV?
2: Oh yeah, uh, you could watch uh, on Saturday nights. At, uh 10:30. For those of you who have nothing better to do on Saturday night at 10:30, you can watch us uh, on my nine, and it's uh, it's all about New York baseball. And Richie Coppola and I uh, tape a segment where we talk Yankees and Mets, and you know, we've got some talk about uh, about sticky substances this week that uh, <laughs> that uh, you guys will probably enjoy. Love it. But, but you know, yeah. Okay, go I ahead. Rob, but was no, just to say, Rob, to speak to your point, and I think you're absolutely right what you know pitchers do need to get a better to, to have what they can to to get a grip and major leagues should come up with something that's legal
0: yeah that, that everybody can, can agree that's fine uh, rosin they then, they brought rosin in in 1887 could you give you could go. you give the pitchers a bone you know give yeah, them something in in 2021 that's all i'm asking yeah,
2: that's right and I, and and i remember writing about what a big deal that was in 1887 it was a it was a big change <laughs> for those who
0: think I've been around a long time. Damn, you were covering the Yankees in 1887. Damn it, Dom. You just dated yourself. That's how he knows his stuff, <laughs> That's man. right. That's why we love you, Dom. Been Dominic. there. That boy. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Dom.
2: You got it, Rob. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps>